At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare dealing with pests can be a pain but relax terminix can help because when pests show up so does terminix With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Now that we know what at least two more of the documents Trump stole are, this vital question occurs to me. What if he stole them as... Insurance as insurance against prosecution. What if he took the nukes document or now the Iran document and the China document and the tradecraft document? What if he took them to keep him from going to jail for January 6th or from being executed for espionage? What if the idea was you let me go or Putin gets these and Kim gets those? What if the whole document saga is not about his kleptomania, not about his ego, not about giving them to Putin, not about selling them, but about blackmail against the United States of America? Even if we have recovered all the documents, what if he has copies? What if he can create a reasonable doubt about whether or not there's another box somewhere? What if it isn't to give it to Putin or sell it to the highest bidder or because he needs it to feed his ego? What if it is to threaten us? 
This is a creature without any loyalties, without any belief that anything other than himself matters or really exists. We know that a year ago, he wanted his lawyers to offer to return the product of his kleptomania in exchange for all the documents pertaining to his 2016 electoral conspiracy with Russia. What if the idea was even bigger than that? You need these documents? Then I don't die or I don't go to prison. Because the newest reporting from the Washington Post only adds to the growing realization that theft, possession, and dissemination of any one of these documents could easily be capital espionage. As always with Trump, the zone is so flooded with Trump that we can't see the trees for the forest. 103 documents, but only this one is really bad, or, or these two... Well, now this small pile is really bad. Soon you are rationalizing the entire theft because not everything is fatal. Sure, he fired 103 bullets, but only three of them killed anybody. The Post is now reporting that one of the documents described, quote, a foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities. We knew that already. And now the same paper says some documents, quote, included highly sensitive intelligence regarding Iran and China, unquote, at least one of which, quote, describes Iran's missile program and some of which describes, quote, highly sensitive intelligence work aimed at China. That is alarming enough on the face of it. But the Post moves quickly to add that, quote, if shared with others, people familiar with the matter said such information could expose intelligence gathering methods that the United States wants to keep hidden from the world. So he has at least one document delineating what nuclear capability another country does or does not have, which is presumably not part of the tranche the Post just revealed because they broke both stories and presumably would have mentioned this was a document they had already scooped everybody else on. He has something about Iran's missile program. I'm guessing here sounds like information plucked out of the Iran nuclear deal that he blew up. He has something else about China that may or may not be the same thing as highly sensitive intelligence work aimed at China. And just as importantly, one or more of these documents, or maybe another document, or maybe all the documents, reveal tradecraft. Either human sources are compromised or otherwise identified, or bugs, or taps, or satellite spying, or other hardware that other countries don't know about. Whatever the MacGuffin here is, as Hitchcock would have called it, Trump could blow years of intelligence already accumulated and years of intelligence yet to be obtained by just showing these documents to the wrong person. There's an even more diaphanous consequence. The Post phrases it, quote, In addition, other countries or U.S. adversaries could retaliate against the United States for actions it has taken in secret. The subject of these documents is clearly looming larger and larger for Trump. He brought back his threat to sue the Pulitzer Prize Committee to force it to take back its awards to the Post and the New York Times as if such a thing was possible or any court anywhere in the world would bother. And in an otherwise bland, repetitive and unusually self-absorbed even for him speech at his fascist rally in Texas Saturday night, his lone jaw dropper was about leaks. 
He prefaced this with a rant about all the leaks against him and then segued to the Roe v. Wade leak as if to pretend he wasn't really just talking about the leaks against him. And he claimed to have found a surefire way to identify the leakers threatening suspects with rape. You take the writer and or the publisher of the paper, a certain paper that you know, and you say, who is the leaker? National security. And they say, we're not going to tell you. They say, it's okay, you're going to jail. And when this person realizes that he is going to be the bride of another prisoner very shortly, he will say, I'd very much like to uh, tell you exactly who that leaker It was Bill Jones. I swear he's a leaker. Could try it against Trump's family, too. The silver lining in there is the usual Trump threat that's really a confession. He invoked national security, unseemly as it might have been. The leak of Samuel Alito's draft opinion is not a national security issue. Now, stealing documents, stealing a document that, quote, describes Iran's missile program or another document that details, quote, highly sensitive intelligence work aimed at China. See, those are national security issues. So Trump just said if convicted of stealing them, he should not only go to prison, he should not go to solitary confinement. He is insane. It is fascinating, though hardly surprising, that Trump and his minions are obsessed with the leaks and not the crimes. Jonathan Turley, who used to be a constitutional lawyer, used to appear regularly on Countdown, and was an almost preternatural political neutral but who's now migrating towards becoming Sidney Powell with a higher voice, whinily wrote, More leaks from the Justice Department just before the midterm elections. Not a wisp of concern over the use of such leaks to influence not just the course of the case, but the election. Firstly, John, try to overthrow the government and steal its secrets in the same lifetime, and I'm afraid your guy loses the benefit of the doubt on the leak front. But more importantly, John, not a wisp of concern over the use of such leaks to influence the election? Seriously, John Turley? Where were you on Friday, October 28th, 2016? 11 days before a presidential election, when the FBI director publicly wrote on the record that the Bureau had found new emails that, quote, appear to be pertinent to its bullcrap investigation of Hillary Clinton's bullcrap server use. Where were you on Sunday, November 6, 2016, two days before the election, when Comey wrote another letter that fed Trump's conspiracy theories and put the same bullcrap story back on page one? The unwritten rule about the Justice Department and its employees at the FBI and how they cannot act in any way that might influence an election was erased for all time on those two days, and whoever has been leaking to the Washington Post, whether in the Justice Department or not, has done nothing more than remind the country that the unwritten rule was mindless in the first place, rarely observed, and it is dead, long dead. If there is any reason for the FBI and DOJ to hold back now, and I told you last week that the unheralded Bloomberg scoop suggests there would not be an indictment before the new year, it would be to focus all of the department's energy on stopping Trump cultists and right-wingers from turning the midterms into a war game. Rolling Stone reported yesterday that Trump and his militias want to contest 
every even vaguely close election next month and that he is fixated on Pennsylvania, particularly Philadelphia. The presence of violence is real, and frankly, the DOJ and the president need to take preventive steps like putting FBI agents at polling places and maybe uniformed military at some of them. More on this ahead in Worst Persons. Now, some much-needed comic relief and thanks again, Speaker Nancy Pelosi. As you know, the January 6th committee has subpoenaed Trump or tried to. All of his lawyers have said they are not authorized to accept any such subpoena. He's ducking it. This is almost certainly academic anyway. He would only testify live, and he may be lying about doing that anyway. The committee would only have him testify in closed session, and either way, his lawyers would never let him say anything, and he might just for that moment be smart enough not to say anything. But it gave Pelosi her now weekly chance to kick Trump in his tiny genitals. She does not think he will testify under any circumstances. She says, quote, I don't think he's man enough to show up. We'll see. We'll see if he's man enough to show up. That line is worth the cost of the process server right there. But of course, everybody's missing this. The ducking issue is easily resolved. You say you're having trouble getting him to accept the document, accept his subpoena from the January 6th committee? Well, it's not a problem. Just tell Trump it's classified and it doesn't belong to him. Then he'll grab it immediately and personally. Still ahead on Countdown, who those guys were on the L.A. freeway overpass with the Kanye was right about the Jews signs and other warnings about the burgeoning anti-Semitism in this country. Meet Tucker Carlson and his loser son, Buckley. Buckley Carlson. Buckley looks stupid in public again, so daddy has to rush to threaten somebody to protect Buckley again. Buckley Carlson's mother would be a mother Buckley, wouldn't she? And if you've ever been watching a movie and suddenly there's a scene in it that looks like it was taken directly from your life, well, it happened to me too. In the movie A Christmas Carol, that saga, which stretches just 43 years, coming up in Things I Promise Not to Tell. That's next. This is Countdown. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. 
Terminix can't help you run for office or take on the country's biggest problems, but they can help you solve one of the peskiest problems at home, pests. You know, the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, even the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know intricate political strategy, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it, Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, you, you know, this is Countdown with, uh, you know, Keith Olbermann. Still a head-on countdown, sir. They're playing the national anthem. Sir. 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 And a Christmas story? The scene when Ralphie nearly kills the bully? Yeah, that was actually me. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help. Every dog has its day. Pit bulls get a terrible rap. Nine out of ten of them are big mushes, pibbles, like Eamon. Eamon was being abused, being beaten with some sort of blunt instrument. Head, eye. New York bully crew rescued him, got him adopted, and now he's a nine-year-old big mush. Problem is, he's now beginning to have vision problems because of those beatings. There is a mass on the eyelid. It can be corrected by surgery, or they can let it go and let him go blind. It's a lot to do for one dog. Let's do it. If you can contribute, Eamon will be in the pinned tweet on my account for Dogs in Need. Tom Jumbo Grumbo on Twitter. Your donation, big or small, will be gratefully welcomed, as will your retweet of the story of this big mush. And thank you for doing so. Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some insights, some snark. Dateline Washington, Axios reporting that Tucker Carlson has threatened the head of the Republican House Campaign Committee, the Minnesota Congressman Tom Emmer, over an anonymous quote in a Daily Beast story that came out last Friday. A GOP strategist supposedly said of Emmer's rival for possible House whip, Congressman Jim Banks, quote, 
Deep down, he, Banks, dies to be liked by the establishment. He hires Tucker Carlson's son, a 24-year-old kid, to be his communications director. Axios says Tucker Carlson told Emmer, if Emmer did not tell him who said that about his son, dear, precious, fragile little fail son Buckley, that's right, his son is named Buckley, Buckley Carlson, pray for Buckley. If he didn't do that, Tucker would have to assume it was Emmer himself who said it, and as we know, Tucker can kill people by simply snapping his fingers. See, I think this is worthy of a duel, Tucker. Hi, I'm Tucker, and this is my son, Buckley. Buckley Carlson is the same kid Tucker was so desperate to get accepted by Georgetown that eight years ago he turned to a prominent Hoya alum to help get him in. The alum's name was Hunter Biden. Hi, I'm Tucker, and this is my son, Buckley, and this is my daughter, Trump. Let me get you to meet my cousins over here. She's hip. Dateline 405 Freeway, Los Angeles. Banners hanging from a Southern California overpass Saturday. Quote, honk if you know Kanye is right about the Jews, unquote. Perpetrators, the so-called Goyam Defense League, a couple of thugs led by one John Minadeo II of Petaluma, California. We're not sure if he was there above that sign, but he's in charge of the Goyam Defense League. They got away with this as opposed to say, you know, accidentally falling from that freeway overpass, in large part because the appropriate companies like The Gap and other platforms have not rid us of Kanye West. New clip of him surfacing, boasting that his apparel partner Adidas can't drop him no matter what. And then Kanye said what the what was. The thing about it, me and Adidas, is like, I could literally say anti-Semitic and they can't drop me. I could say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? No, nah, there's nothing wrong with him at all. And I bet you're wrong about that, sir. Anyway, if West isn't dropped, then the solution is to bankrupt Adidas through boycotts and boycotting stores and boycotting vendors that carry Adidas products and boycotting the other celebrities associated with Adidas like Damian Lillard and Candace Parker from basketball and Trey Turner and Corey Seager from baseball and the entire Real Madrid team from soccer. Of course, this won't erase anti-Semitism and it won't shut up worms like Nick Fuentes, the anti-Semite who was defended just last month by the crazy Congressman Paul Gozer of Arizona and at one of whose hate fests, one of the speakers was Marjorie Trailer Park Green. Fuentes in short says, Jews hate Jesus and therefore they must leave America. You think I'm exaggerating? And so far as that's your belief, then you have no business being here. Certainly have no business being anywhere near the levers of power if you believe that. Because who do you serve if you don't serve Jesus Christ? You serve the devil. You serve Satan. Oh, I'm anti-Semitic? Yeah, whatever. You call me whatever you want. You hate Jesus. Your opinion doesn't matter to me. Call me whatever you want. Do you believe in God? Oh, okay. Opinion discarded. Opinion thrown in the garbage and pissed on. <laughs> oh, I'm anti-Semitic? Yeah, I piss on your towel, bud. You think I'm anti-Semitic? You think I care what an uh, antichrist believes? While listening to this mental amoeba, you can take some small solace that the same fascists who applaud him now, secretly or otherwise, would eventually turn on Fuentes because his name is Fuentes. 
Welcome to the world you have created for yourself. But the point is, Trump's fascist movement has accelerated into full-throated anti-Semitism faster than a lot of people expected. It was only a week ago that Trump was tweeting, quote, U.S. Jews have to get their act together and adding before it's too late. Now the ridiculous Jenna Ellis has decided she gets to decide who's really Jewish and who's not. Josh Shapiro, she wrote about the Democratic nominee for governor of Pennsylvania, is at best a secular Jew. Ellis is a campaign advisor to the noted anti-Semite Doug Mastriano, the Republican nominee in Pennsylvania. And there are two points here, and I say this as a Gentile. If you think it doesn't apply to you because you're a Gentile, see, that's exactly what the five million non-Jewish victims of the Holocaust thought, too. And as to Fuentes and John Minadeo II and Jenna Ellis and Doug Mastriano and Kanye West, if you really think there is a Jewish cabal controlling everything and everyone, and it's all powerful, shouldn't you guys go into hiding fast? Dateline Mesa, Arizona, fascist vigilantes with the license plates on their trucks covered have appeared at drop boxes in that community. It has been suggested that it may be time in that state, maybe also Nevada, to invoke Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, which reads, quote, the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. In other words, the elections in Arizona are threatened by domestic violence. The drop boxes and the polling places need to be protected, and not by fascists with long guns, but by the National Guard. Dateline CENTCOM. Despite the Saudis' collusion with the Republicans to raise gas prices just before the election, our CENTCOM is going ahead with a training site in Saudi Arabia for anti-drone technology. This according to the Middle East website Al Monitor. It's madness. And Dateline London, no mo bojo. Boris Johnson drops out of his very short-lived bid to return as British Prime Minister. It looks like it'll be Rishi Sunak. So Boris can repeat Napoleon's palindrome, Abel was I, ere I saw Elba. And the British, who will have had two unelected prime ministers in two months, will be able to look back at the year 2022 as the year that first their monarch and then their electoral system died. This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, the Yankees blew a 3-0 lead, but then local kid Harrison Bader hit his fifth homer of the postseason, as many as he hit in the regular season, to put them back ahead 5-4 in the seventh, and they blew that lead too and wound up getting swept by the Astros. Houston goes to its fourth World Series in the last six years in a rematch of the 1980 National League Championship Series, which by itself pretty much eliminates any remaining smidgen of distinction between the two leagues. And the Phillies are going to their first World Series since 2009 after the San Diego Padres coughed up an eighth-inning lead in Game 5 of their playoff series yesterday. This pains me because Padres manager Bob Melvin is a good enough friend of mine that we have ridden the subway back from the ballpark together 
but I'll spend the winter wondering why his top reliever was sitting on the bench in the bullpen while one of the lesser guys was in there surrendering the season-ending two-run homer to Bryce Harper and why his breakout center fielder Trent Grisham bunted with his team down by one, two on, the ninth-place hitter on deck, and two outs left in the San Diego season. Anyway, the Phillies, with the 11th best record in baseball, will play for the crown, and we got to see baseball's four true outcomes. Homers, strikeouts, walks, and what is the point of the regular season anymore? We also got the obligatory political campaign tries to jump on the bandwagon, only to crash to the ground. At 6.13 Eastern time last night, Pennsylvania State Rep Malcolm Kenyatta tweeted, quote, before Dr. Oz starts lying, he's not a Phillies fan. At 6.59 p.m., Mehmet Oz tweeted, Let's go Phillies! Next stop, World Series! Coming up, remember that scene in the movie A Christmas Story where little Ralphie wigs out and nearly kills the bully? Yeah, I, I kind of lived that scene. And then at a reunion 43 years later, I ran into the bully. Good times. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze right-wing troll Matt Walsh blog. Apparently, Walsh blog brayed at some other jackasses in Nashville. Then he tweeted he was leaving for his next stop, and a singer named Courtney J. tweeted, Good idea to leave Nashville. You are not wanted there. He retweeted her and added a photo of an outdoor crowd, many holding signs, and tried to insult her by adding, these Nashville residents say otherwise, and there's no evidence he ever looked closely enough at the photo that he tweeted. On several of the signs, quote, protect trans kids. On another, no room for fascists in Nashville. Nice self-ownage, Mr. Walsh blog. The runner's up. Remember the so-called Freedom Convoy in Canada in January and February, where a bunch of softies who were afraid of vaccine needles used their trucks to block the streets of the capital to complain about... Uh, whatever. Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario confirmed to Canada's Global News that as a direct result of that blockade, 13 families with kids who were there for cancer treatments had to have those treatments delayed or rescheduled. Nice work, boys. You sure showed those kids with cancer, who's boss. But our winner, El Duche again, from Saturday's rally in Robstown, Texas. As soon as Trump began to talk about how great his January 6th rally was, and he began to boast about its size, and he began to say other things that might be taken down and used against him in a court of law, on cue, his supporters started singing the Star Spangled Banner, stopped him from incriminating himself. The group was later identified as Negative 48. Negative 48, of course, is an offshoot of QAnon. And as those in the crowd who actually know the words to the national anthem that they never sing joined in, Trump never took off his cheap, plastic, Chinese-made baseball cap. Donald, I can't take off the cap. The hair is attached to it. Trump, today's worst person. In the world!
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you run for office or take on the country's biggest problems, but they can help you solve one of the peskiest problems at home, pests. You know, the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, even the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know intricate political strategy, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it, Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER number one story on the countdown and my favorite subject me and things i promised not to tell as a preface let me just be clear about this i was never a bully as a kid i mentioned this in the context of this question have you ever watched a movie and there's a scene in it and you go all pale because it really happened to you have you seen a christmas story The movie TBS runs all day, every Christmas, little Ralphie and the Red Ryder BB gun and you'll shoot your eye out. The scene where Ralphie completely loses it and takes down the bully and bloodies him, swearing a blue streak. Yeah, that was me. When I was a kid in Hastings on Hudson, New York, I was considered above average in intelligence. Clearly, I have disproved this nearly every day of my adult life, but they didn't know that then. 
The main results of this assessment were I was moved into a class with kids a year older than me, sometimes two years, and I was still bigger than they were, and I had no patience. If I was talking and they were not paying attention, I got shovey. You know, like today. Like I said, I was never a bully. I just had a Bugs Bunny concept of violence. So my folks had me talk to a psychologist, and I quickly caught on, and I stopped shoving or hitting or pushing or anything. In fact, the advice was too good. The doctor turned me into a little New Yorker Gandhi. When the day came in the fourth grade, as it does for all kids at some point, that somebody else shoved me, I did nothing. I had been taught by the doctor, no shoving, Keith. This quickly deteriorated into the inevitable situation in which I got bullied. This went on for most of a school year, and no matter what my folks said, no matter how frustrated I got, I would not hit back. But this was also the same year that I became a baseball fan and a baseball card collector. And as the fourth grade ended, literally the next to last day of class, some kid sold me his entire baseball card collection, maybe a thousand cards. Maybe it cost me two dollars. They were in a big paper shopping bag. And after a trip to the bathroom, I returned to my desk to discover that the bag had been stolen. As this penultimate school day ended and we all filed out of the classroom down several flights of stairs to the building exit, which opened onto the flat, beautiful Tar McAdam playground, my main antagonist, the lead bully, the scut Farkas of my fourth grade, shouted up from maybe six or seven steps below me on the stairs. Hey, Keith, what do you think of my baseball card collection? He then held the bag of my cards aloft. Suddenly, my own rage and my opportunity merged into one shining moment. The bully was now on the ground floor landing of the school, moving towards the door that opened onto the playground. But I was still on the stairs, six or seven steps up, and it dawned upon me that now those stairs made me at least two feet taller than this guy was, and that gravity had become my accomplice. I literally threw myself forward off the stairs. I landed on him, my knees connecting with his chest. The force of my leap pushed us both through the open door. We hit the playground with a thud, him on his back, me on his chest with my knees and the full weight of my body pinning down his elbows and upper arms. The most he could do was slap at me without aim or force. This is basically the visual of the Ralphie beats up the bully scene in a Christmas story, only there was no snow because it was June. And I went to town. All that nice pacifist deprogramming went out the window. The bully had stolen my baseball cards. I punched him repeatedly, even as a serene clarity overtook me. I was displeased, but I was not blind with anger. As I was contemplating this, suddenly I felt the large hands under my arms of the gym teacher, Mr. Hood. Mr. Hood lifted me off the bully and said something, and I said, matter-of-factly, why did you do that? I'm not finished yet. I shook him off, and to my surprise, he fell into some low hedges. 
I turned back to the bully who was still supine on the beautiful, freshly resurfaced playground. I assumed the same posture I had before, but instead of hitting him, now I simply grabbed his head and began to lift it up and then pound it down. Lift it up and then pound it down. Lift it up and then pound it down. I became aware at this point that the entire fourth grade had formed a gasping semicircle around us, and now I thought of them. I'm a giver. He bullied them, too, boys and girls alike. And we had, as I figured out at that moment, eight years and one day left of school to deal with this bully. It would be easiest, I concluded, that if I ended his bullying right there. So I kept pounding his head into the tar macadam surface so he'd never forget or maybe forget a lot. And then I felt four large hands under my arms. Mr. Hood had finally disentangled himself from the shrubbery, and my mother had appeared somehow, just as in the movie. They were finally able to overpower me. Since my folks had spent the year trying to get me to do what I had just done, they were cool with all this. I believe we went to get some ice cream. Somehow I didn't even get punished for pushing the gym teacher, Mr. Hood. So now that I think about it, From that day on, Mr. Hood always looked warily at me, and then he transferred to another school. Hmm. The next day, the last day of fourth grade, I walked into my classroom, Mrs. Wolf's class, really not thinking about the previous day's dry run for a movie scene. All the boys in the class were huddled in a far corner of the room, whispering. After I sat at my desk, the one who had collaborated the least with the bully and his toadies, Tom Charlap, came over and said, "Uh, Keith, I thought you might like these. And he handed me a stack of baseball cards. I was very moved. I said, thank you, Tom. And soon to my bewilderment, every one of the other boys brought me tribute, baseball card tribute. Some of the cards were still unopened in the packs and had clearly been obtained that morning at a local candy store. Of course, I had now been removed from some kind of cosmic precursor to the film A Christmas Story, and I had instead been placed in some kind of cosmic precursor to the film The Godfather, the scene of his daughter's wedding. Needless to say, there was no more bullying. Although, as always, there's a postscript. I left that school after the seventh grade. But 20 years after that class of kids graduated, a girl I had stayed friendly with, she was with me in college, invited me to what was there and kind of my reunion, and it was transcendent. I also made the 30th anniversary, and in 2010, Saturday, October 23rd, 2010, 12 years ago yesterday, I went to the 35th anniversary. It was held in, of all places, a restaurant in my hometown across the street from a two-story building once owned by my dad, where my grandmother and grandfather once lived. It was a Saturday night in October. It was frosty, misty, the first night that truly hinted at the inevitability of winter, and I was half an hour early. And I sat there on a bench between the restaurant and the municipal parking lot, and my whole youth replayed itself in front of my eyes. Some sadness, mostly happiness, mostly eager anticipation of seeing these friends of my youngest youth once more. And then out of the distance, his familiar skinny form, irregularly illuminated by the streetlights, walking towards me out of the fog 
was the bully. Keith! Big hug. You really made it! Some small talk, all of it warm, completely in keeping with the O. Henry quality of the fog and the chill in the air and the reunion. And then he said, hey, you know what? I told my mother that you were going to be here supposedly tonight. And she said, son, maybe you shouldn't go. And I said, why not, Ma? And she said, well, you and Keith had some uh, problems when you were kids, fourth or fifth grade. And I said I had no idea what she was talking about. Did we have problems? Did we have a fight or something? Time stood still. What do you say to him? It felt like I considered the options for several minutes. In reality, it was just a few seconds of hesitation at that long. It dawned on me. I won that battle in 1967. This was now 2010. There was no reason to relitigate this. If he was faking not remembering it, I should go along with him and also fake not remembering it. If he really didn't remember, it was possible that this was because I kept pounding his head against the playground surface in June 1967. Oh, I'm sure we had a fight. I said, finally, I mean, every kid in that class had a fight. I mean, in the fourth grade, I fought Brian Rubin one day, and then I fought with him against Gordon Craig and Ricky Wester the next day. So what? He smiled. I smiled. Another figure emerged from a newly parked car. Hey, look, it's Katzenstein. Let's go inside. I'll buy both of you guys a drink. We had a great time. I never brought up the fight. But truth be told, it did take all of my self-control to not ask one question of everybody I saw. And that one question would have been, Hey, anybody know whatever happened to that gym teacher, Mr. Hood? fight I ever started. Well, till now, anyway. I've done all the damage I can do here. Since you've listened this far, help me out. Spread the word. Tell somebody about the podcast. Get them to subscribe if you can. Here are the credits. Most of the music, including our theme from Beethoven's Ninth, was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel, who are the Countdown Musical Directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Gar, uh, guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray, who you also heard on the Gar. Produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Ulderman theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, courtesy of ESPN Inc., and no, there are no lyrics. Musical comments from Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was Richard Lewis, and everything else was pretty much my fault. That's Countdown for this, the 657th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. A new episode tomorrow. Until then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry. Every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.